All right. Well, a sweet time of worshiping the Lord through music. Let's let's worship the Lord through the study of His Word together. Yes. Grab that Bible that you brought with you or your phone, and let's turn to the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament. Kind of in the middle of your Bible, go there. If you need a Bible this morning, raise your hand. Ecclesiastes chapter 12 is where we're at. We can share a Bible that we keep in the back just in case you need one. There's also a note page in your bulletin. looks like this. You'll want to have that. I believe that will be helpful to you today. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. It's the next part in our study. And we have only one more study to go before we're done with the book of Ecclesiastes. So this is next to last in our study series, verses 1 through 8 today. And church family, I have been looking forward to this section and are sharing it together for quite some time. After we read it, though, you may have serious cause to wonder why I have been eagerly anticipating this particular section, because a good portion of this eight-verse part of Ecclesiastes describes life in the final years of old age. And so the thought might be, who in the world wants to think about that? And exactly, that, that would be exactly my point. We we largely live in denial of those days. But I'm very sure that the more senior members of the IBC family would say, all of you who are young, get ready, because it is coming, and it is coming sooner than you might imagine, this thing called old age. And brothers and sisters, today we're going to be answering the question, why is it so critical that we think about the Lord and including him in our life before we get to that place, remembering our God early in our life. The message this morning and the focus of this section is largely directed towards the young people today. So we've we got some really good stuff coming. Let me pray and ask the Lord to direct our time. And Lord, we are opening up your holy word. And for that reason alone, we need you to be our teacher today to walk us through this section and to do that with, with accuracy and relevance and practicality. And Lord, if you would be pleased to just uh, shed your light on what you have written, I'll try to stay out of the way and let you do what you want to do with us today. And especially, Lord, would you open the hearts and minds of the younger crowd in our midst, for these are words for them especially. They're words for all of us, but especially for them. So, Lord, may that happen. We give you these moments in Jesus' name. Amen. So Solomon writes, under the supervising hand of the Holy Spirit, verses 1 through 8. Let's begin at verse 1. I will read for us. Chapter 12, verse 1. Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come and the years draw near, of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors on the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along and desires fail Because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, 
and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher. All is vanity. We're going to stop right there on what appears at first to not be such a cheerful passage, right? I believe it has some really special truth for us today. For much of this passage, Solomon, as you could already tell, is drawing heavily upon a literary device that most of us are at least familiar with. We call it allegory. An allegory is when one object or thing is used to describe another thing so as to maybe portray it with more uh, power or more vividly. And Solomon certainly does that here. One Old Testament Bible scholar calls this passage one of the most beautiful of all of the allegories in Scripture. Now, when you're talking about old age, I'm not sure if you can call it beautiful, but uh, it certainly is a memorable passage because of Solomon's use of allegory. Here he draws upon several images that we can all relate to, and he does that to memorably present to us the importance of looking to the Lord early in your life before your life is done. Now, the key that unlocks this passage for us is verse 1. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come, before the days of trouble come. Now, right away, just from that part of this section, we know that Solomon is speaking directly to the young. He's not talking to the older folks in this moment. There's plenty of us here uh, who are going to take something away no matter what our age is, but his target audience very clearly is the younger crowd. And I'm not going to define what younger crowd might mean this morning because I don't want a bunch of nasty emails this coming week because you weren't part of that crowd. So, so if you're 90 years old and you think you're part of the young crowd, Awesome. That's great. That's, that's perfect. You, you do that. Now, if you were with us last time, you know we were in verse 1, but we only took on the first half of the verse. And so we're back today with part 2 of Remember Your Creator. As you see it there at the top of your note page, we unpacked the words, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, noting that, that this is really the first time in the entire book that we get such a clear, unvarnished, impossible-to-miss, above-the-sun declaration from Solomon. It has been for us in our study of this book, page after page and, and chapter after chapter, of him presenting his frustration with life under the sun. And if you've been here, you know that is true. It's been a slog going with him Uh, on this journey, but not in this moment. Finally, we hear him say, if anyone wants a truly meaningful, satisfying, purpose-filled, difference-making life now and for eternity, it begins with this truth in verse 1. Remember your creator. Remember the one who made you. Real life, Solomon says, starts here. And that's an above-the-sun statement, isn't it? Yeah. And if you recall, it is super important that we understand that Solomon is not, understand what Solomon is not saying when he uses this word remember. He's not saying remember God in the sense of don't forget about him. It's not the kind of remembering that you do when you put a a, a little note on a post-it note and then you stick it on your refrigerator or, or on your mirror. 
remember God today so that you see the post-it note and then you remember to think about God. That's not the kind of remembering that is being used here. Solomon uses a Hebrew word. We talked about this last time. A Hebrew word that is very different in meaning from that. This is the kind of remembering that means to act decisively on behalf of another person. Act decisively in favor of another person. Act for the sake of another person. It's that kind of remembering. So when Solomon says, remember your creator, brother or sister in Jesus, he is saying, by your actions, not just by your thoughts or by your words, but by your actions, live decisively for the sake of your God. Live on behalf of your God. Live in favor of your God, the one who made you for himself. Well, that's a very different kind of remembering from a post-it note. And so when we do that, when we act decisively on behalf of God in our lives, we're declaring that he is the essential that we must have in our life in order to really enjoy it to the max. We've gone above the sun when we think like this and live like this. We hear what God says in his word. We care about what he says. And then we do what he says. We act, we bow our will to God's will. We act decisively in favor of the Lord. We remember our creator. As I think I said last time, we're not post-it note Christians at Idlewell Bible Church. That's the thought. Would you agree? May it be so. May we not be post-it note Christians. May we be those who, who remember God because we act decisively in his favor and for him. So understanding that this is Solomon's meaning in the first half of the verse, let's step now into the second half of verse 1 and on into the rest of the passage. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come, before the days of trouble come, and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Church family, according to this verse, what's coming for all of us who live long enough? What's going to come? Just out of verse 1, what's coming for us? Evil, trouble, pain, difficulty. All of those words are are used in various translations of this passage. Uh, and, And so unless God in his sovereignty determines that our days are going to be few then we're all going to die slowly breaking down. Are you encouraged (laughs) by that little bit of news? Because that's essentially what the passage is telling us. Sometimes, you know, as as a casual greeting, I'll ask one of the more elderly guys in our church family, I'll say, so how are you doing today? And occasionally a reply that comes back, well, not bad for an old guy. I'm upright and breathing. Kind of that idea. Now, church family, you've got to know that's code language. That is code language. It's a veiled way of saying, well, I'm certainly not doing as good physically as I did when I was younger. Not bad for an old guy, right? That's what he's really saying. Not doing so bad physically, but I'm not anything like I was when I was younger. Solomon, spirit-inspired here, brings an admonition to the young. Remember your creator in the days of your youth before the physical troubles come upon you. That's what he's saying. 
And then after he says that, he launches into this amazing allegorical description of old age that really has not been equaled in 3,000 years. Again, in an allegory, the writer, he, he uses one thing that people can relate to in order to creatively explain something else. So, so get ready now because Solomon is about to use this literary device in 13 different ways to communicate to us the troubles of old age. Young person, he says, act decisively in favor of the one who made you before, verse 2, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. Do you know what he's saying? Solomon is describing a picture of the decline of mental faculties in old age. That's what he's saying here in a picturesque way. When you're young, everything shines brightly in an unclouded mental sky. But birthdays come, birthdays go, and eventually your memory goes as well. That's what Solomon says. Names can't be remembered. Details get lost. There just seems to be a darkening haze that settles down over your thought processes as you get older. I had a brutal awakening to the reality of that this past week by Connie, our church secretary. She comes to me after going to the bank early in the week after last Sunday to deposit last Sunday's giving uh, in the bank. And she says as gently as she can say to me, she says, Pastor Tim, the teller at the bank caught a mistake with your offering checks, not once, but twice. And so you have to know, because I'm in both of these services on a Sunday morning, and I want to participate in the offering worship part of our morning, I make out two checks on a Sunday so I can give those. So, so she says, Pastor Tim, you made a mistake with your checks twice. You, you dated them 5-27-1956. <laughs> now that's when I was born, Right? Last Sunday was my birthday, 5-27-2018. But I, but I put 1956 in there, not once, but twice. And so Solomon says, the clouds that darken mental acuity, they blow in in old age and they never leave. The rain just keeps coming. That's his, that's his picturesque way of saying that. So church family, If I ever get up here on a Sunday morning and I start preaching a message like it's brand new for me, but you heard it last Sunday, you will not let me keep going, will you? Please do not let me keep going. Verse 3. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the keepers of the house tremble. In other words, before your arms are noodles and your hands have no grip, Remember your creator. The house is is our body. It's our body and our arms and our hands. They've been assigned the task of taking care of and protecting our bodies. But in old age, they no longer have that, that powerful grip of the young and they tremble with loss of control or palsy. Now, on Sunday mornings, you know my custom is to go out to the foyer and to to greet everyone as they're they're leaving. And and as people are shaking my hand, 
uh, it's not unusual for an elderly person to come up to me and this is what their hand looks like as they reach out to shake my hand. Now, if I am smart, I will not take that moment lightly. I will grab that hand knowing that the day will come when it will be my hand that's doing that. And young people, one day, that will be your hand too. That's what Solomon says. And the strong men are bent, verse 3. Who are the strong men? Notice it's plural, the strong men. What, what, what are the strong men? Our legs. Those are our legs. Legs that were once straight and strong are now bowed and they are weak. Young people, remember your creator before getting around gets hard. Now, I remember when I could race around on a football field for hours and and I could ride my mountain bike on long, unrelenting climbs and come back the next day and do it all over again. Now I I, I come home from a ride and my strong men are screaming, act your age, you idiot, right? (laughs) And, and, you know, here's the worst part of that. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. The grinders cease because they are few. Allegorical language for what? For our teeth, yeah. In Solomon's day, over time, and in a time when there weren't dentists or dentures, the teeth disappeared and the grinders, they went silent. And so for the elderly, now they think in terms of softer foods, while the young person bites their lollipop, right? Right there in front of them. They would never dare do that again, right? But they did when they were young, but no more. Remember your creator before those who look through the window are dimmed, verse 3. The eyes, right? That's our eyes. They're like windows on the world. And when you're young, clear, bright, vivid scenes pass by the window all the time. And we think nothing about that. We can see clearly, but... Now in old age, the ability to see has become greatly diminished. The elderly go to the eye doctor and they struggle to find the eye chart on the wall to say nothing of finding the big E on the chart, right? It just gets harder and harder. Remember your creator while you can still see clearly. Then verse 4, and do that before the doors on the street are shut when the sound of the grinding mill is low. When you're old, you don't hear like you used to be able to hear. They're grinding weed out on the street, but you know what? I just can't hear that anymore. And as you get older, there's certain tones that just drop out. And, and people's mouths are moving, but, but no sound is coming out of their mouth that you can hear. Today we have hearing aids, but you know, they don't always work. In our church family, we have a lot of folks with, with hearing aids, but it doesn't always help. In fact, sometimes it's really frustrating. Shut doors are a frustrating experience for the elderly. And then as Solomon is on this roll, he says, not only will you be frustrated by what you can't hear, he says, you're going to be equally frustrated by what you can hear. And one rises up at the sound of a bird, verse 4. So here's the cruel reality. In old age, you can't hear well, but just the slightest bump in the night is enough to wake you up, and then you can't go back to sleep. 
You know, in college, an all-nighter was when you stayed up all night to study for an exam. Now an all-nighter is a night when you don't have to get up and go to the bathroom and then can't go back to sleep. Now, young people, I'm just telling you, things change. I'm just saying, they change. So, so let me pause here and let me say this to the young people. I, I believe that it takes an incredibly mature, wise spiritually dialed in young person to truly take in what Solomon is saying here and act on it. I mean, I'd like to think that here at the Bible Church we have an amazing group of of young people in our family who would act on what Solomon is saying to them in this passage. But so often these descriptions of the elderly, they seem like something to a young person that's kind of like from a galaxy far, far away. When you're young... You don't think like this. This will never happen to me is what you think when you're young. This is my grandpa with his false teeth. This is my grandma whose hand shakes. This is my dad whose back seems to hurt all the time. And this is my mom who who just got her first pair of bifocals. But it's not me. Young person, I would ask you to hear Solomon because they were all like you. Your grandma and grandpa and your dad and your mom, they were all just like you. Remember your creator now before all the daughters of song are brought low, verse 4. We can't sing like we used to when we're old. The vocal cords are frayed and tattered. You ever heard one of the once famous singing stars who's now old and they, they do the national anthem at a ball game? Only they don't do it well. Have you ever heard them do that? (laughs) Everyone cheers because it's the national anthem, but it didn't sound very good. Why? Why? Because the chords are shot. Can it get any worse? Can it get any worse? Yes. Oh, yes. They are afraid also of what is high and terrors that are in the way. Verse 5. In old age, a three-foot step stool can feel like a thousand-foot cliff to an elderly person. The elderly live daily with the fear of falling. In fact, I greeted an elderly lady outside here in the parking lot today who had a black eye. I said, what happened? She said, I fell last Sunday night. I fell and I hit my, my eye on a vase. And poor thing. I mean, black eye. But that's the reality of it. And because the strong men aren't strong anymore and the balance is off and the sight is failing, something as minor as an uneven sidewalk is a harrowing minefield of potential injury to an old person. And so the elderly, they don't go out like they used to go out because it's dangerous for them. Remember your creator, young man, young woman, before fears that would never enter your mind right now enter your mind and they isolate you and they cause your heart to race because the ground is uneven or the step stool is too high. Remember your creator before the almond tree blossoms. Verse 5. The almond tree gets this beautiful white flower in the springtime when it blossoms. And so the elderly 
Solomon picturesquely says, they blossom with white hair. We call it gray hair, but I love the thought, blossoming white hair. So I think of myself, I look in the mirror, and I look at my blossoms, (laughs) and I think, what does that make me if I have white hair? What does that make me? Moving on. (laughs) The grasshopper drags itself along, verse 5. Grasshoppers don't drag themselves. Typically, they jump, they leap, they flitter, they fly. They're incredibly mobile and fast, and they're light on their feet until winter approaches. And then all of that changes. Now they awkwardly drag themselves along and eventually they die. And this is a vivid picture of the winter of old age overtaking that former athlete or that soldier or that ballerina or that healthy, mobile, young person. And now they can barely walk. It's a picture of shuffling along with your walker or your cane, hating that contraption but knowing that without it, you are stuck. You've got to have it, but you hate it. And desire fails, verse 5. Desire here translates a Hebrew word for caperberry, which in Solomon's day was thought to be an aphrodisiac. Solomon, who back in chapter 9 encouraged the full enjoyment of sexual intimacy in marriage, brings this harsh reality to us. Even this desire will wane and it will come to an end. Remember your creator before the fires of passion become cold, dead charcoal bits. And the young say, never! And Solomon says, never say never. Right? And then he ends at the end of verse 5. Because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets, remember your creator while you're young. These 13 allegorical images of old age are but the inevitable precursor to death. The short, swift journey of a physical life comes to an end and and your friends are offering up their final gesture of service to you by mourning your passing. That's the picture. Young person, Solomon urges, act decisively in favor of your creator. Remember him before your funeral. Before the years overtake you and you cannot act anymore. It's very powerful. He's very direct. And then if you flip that note page over, desiring to be completely honest with any young reader who happens to pick up his diary, Solomon offers this sober warning. Never assume you get to grow old. Remember your creator now. And he says that this way in verses 6 and 7, continuing to use word pictures. He says, remember your creator, verse 6, Before the silver cord is snapped and the golden bowl is broken or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain or the wheel broken at the cistern and the dust returns to the earth as it was and the spirit returns to God who gave it. In other words, young person, you don't don't know if you get to grow old. Don't foolishly think that you automatically get to have that. 
We all assume that we will live a long life. We all think like we're going to live a long life. We plan that way. We talk that way. But each of these four images, the cord, the bowl, the pitcher, and the grinding wheel, all of, of which are portrayed as vigorously performing their particular task, suddenly, without any warning, they get broken. They're taken out. No hint of their end. No, no slow decline into old age and then death. Here it happens in the blink of an eye, Solomon says. And so to the young, he says, act decisively on behalf of your God right now because tomorrow is not guaranteed to you. And I would just say, young people, are you hearing Solomon? Are you hearing the Lord through Solomon? A beautiful New Testament compliment to what Solomon is pleading for here. It comes out of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul says, under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, he says, we appeal, we, we urge, we plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in a favorable time I listened to you. In a day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, what's the next word, church? Now, now is a, the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not later, right now, today. We don't know what tomorrow will bring or if we even get to have tomorrow. But regardless of whether it's the slow demise of mind and body in old age or it's the sudden snap of the silver cord at any point along the way, the dust returns to the ground that it came from. The spirit returns to God who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, verse 8. All is vanity. And the Hebrew word that Solomon uses for vanity here is hevel. And it means a vapor, a mist, a a sigh, or a breath. That's what the word means. Solomon says it all happens, your whole life happens so fast, so quickly. (sighs) That's a whole life. (sighs) That's a whole life. And then it is over. Which is why verse 1 again is the key to everything related to having a life that is meaningful, satisfying, purpose-filled now and for eternity. Remember your creator now, no matter how old or young you are. And let's not forget, the, the whole reason Solomon wrote this book of Ecclesiastes was to see if a meaningful, satisfying, purpose-filled, difference-making life could be realized apart from God. And so after looking in all of life's nooks and crannies, and we've looked there with him over the last many months, he comes to the conclusion that no, you cannot find the life that you really want apart from God. You've got to go above the sun, Right? And remember your creator. And so as we wrap things up, we are right, I think, to ask, as you see it there on your note page, well, how do I remember my creator? How do I do that really well? Now, that's a big question. It comes with big answers. But there on your page are three answers, at least for starters. First, know your creator as your saving father. Now, the reason we say that is because Solomon could only relate to God as his creator. But God had a plan. He would introduce a whole new level of relationship with himself 
one in which we would be able to call him not just our creator, but also our saving father. And he would do that by sending his son Jesus Christ into our sin-dead world. Yes? Amen. Jesus would die in our place on the cross paying God's required payment price for our sin. He was raised to life on the third day, overcoming the power of the grave and sin in our lives. And, that, and, and, and God did that from a place of love. He did that because he loves us. Gave us his very best. Gave us Jesus. He did that for us because he wants us to know him not only as creator, but as saving father. To know God as our Heavenly Father requires Him to forgive us of sin that stands in the way of that relationship with Him. Faith in Jesus and His resurrection takes that sin debt away and brings the relationship back together. John chapter 1, verse 12, But to all who did receive Him, that is, received Jesus by faith, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become what, church? Children of God. Is that you this morning? Children of God. God becomes your saving father. Not just your creator. Solomon didn't know about that. We know about that. And this is the necessary first step out from under the sun and into the light and life of above the sun living. Do you know God in this way as your saving father? Young people, can I just say to you today, let every gray head in this room, let every wrinkled face, every hearing aid that you might see, every cane or walker that you see, let all of this stuff remind you of what is coming into your life if you live long enough and and remind you of the urgency of trusting Jesus for forgiveness of sin in your life. And for everyone who is not so young and has not trusted in Jesus Christ yet as Lord and Savior, take inventory of your life. You are wearing out. What are you waiting for? Know God as your saving Father. Then a second way of remembering our Creator, let's discipline ourselves in the habits of remembering. Recall again, remember means to act decisively in favor of God all of the time. Now, how do I do that? Well, on your note page are six suggestions. We could add many others. And we're not going to have time to look at the supporting scriptures. But this week, maybe take that little note page and grab a little bit of time. Sit down with your Bible and chase these truths down because they come right out of the word. We will remember God as our creator and our saving father by daily getting into the word of God. Anybody disagree? No, no. Daily, not once a week, not twice a week. Daily, grab time, be in the word. That's where God wants to talk with us. By daily making sure we're talking to our father and Jesus as our savior and Lord through prayer, extended times of prayer, and then those bullet prayers that we fire up all throughout the day. We make a point of loading up our day with thanksgiving. We don't forget God if we're continually mindful that everything we have and everything that we experience is coming from his good hand. You're not going to forget him if you're a thankful Christian follower of Jesus. We're going to make sure corporate worship with God's people gathered is a priority in our lives, one that we will not forsake. We're not going to give it up for other Sunday morning options. We're going to be here because this is where we remember our God. 
And we're going to realize that Sunday morning simply can't be the extent of our spiritual intake. We need that midweek pick-me-up of a life group where there's fellowship and accountability and challenge. So we're going to be in a life group remembering our God. We're going to remember our Creator when our hearts ache for people who don't know Jesus. They're all over outside these walls, people who don't know Jesus, and we have opportunity to talk to them about Jesus. We remember our Creator when we do that. And then we make sure we're serving somewhere in the life of our church family because we've been gifted to serve. It reminds us that we're, we're not made just to receive from God. We were made to give back to him. So we find a place to serve, and then we remember him. And then a third way to remember our creator, we live decisively so that we have no regrets when this journey on earth is done. No regrets. The young person, especially Solomon, says, now is the time... Before those troubled days of old age come, now is the time to live in a way that you will be glad you did when you are old. No regrets. You lived above the sun. You lived and acted decisively for the sake of your creator. That is a powerful, powerful message in a world today that lives for the moment. If you're a wise young person, you're not living for the moment. You're living for the big picture. Remember your creator when you're young because you have the energy and you have the strength and you have the sharpness of mind and the time to write a no regrets story to your life. When you are old, that story has largely already been written and you don't get to rewrite it. It's written. So many say by their actions, if not their words, when they're young, someday I'm going to get around to remembering God, acting decisively in favor of him. But today... It's really about me. I'll get serious about spiritual things someday, but not today. But that, never, that day never comes. You know what? You know, you know what's worse than being an old geezer? It's being an old geezer with regrets. That's worse. You don't want to be one of those. You might be an old geezer. That's not a bad thought if God allows you those years. But to be an old geezer with regrets, you don't have to have that kind of a story. But you've got to write it right now while you're young. Now's the time to live decisively in favor of the Lord and certainly not to presume upon the grace of God and assume that you've got all the time in the world because you don't know that you do. Now's the time. Do not litter your life with regrets that will haunt you for the rest of your life. Many have remembered God too late. I've never met a single person who remembered God too early. Have you? I've never met one of those. And let's just say that it is never too late for anyone to remember their creator, is it? It's never too late. Just ask that thief on the cross who, who trusted Jesus Christ in the 11th hour and 59th minute of his life. It wasn't too late for him. Or, or, or ask Bob Lee's grandmother who recently professed faith in Jesus at the age of 99. It is never too late, right? Never too late. But how much better, young person, to remember God when you're young and life is in front of you and you're not looking at life through the rearview mirror. And that's Solomon's advice after much of his own wasted time under the sun. Confess Jesus as your Savior and Lord and and serve him with all of your heart and love him from an early age and you will have no regrets. 
by God's grace, one day you will be old. You will be old. But you'll be an old Christian whose life, as it draws close to death, has served the Lord and loved him for decades. Six, seven, eight decades of relationship. And, 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 and while not without missteps along the way, because you're not perfect, you're not going to do it perfectly, but you look back on your life and, and having remembered God, you can say, wow, no regrets. My choices and my decisions were framed by that relationship with him. My work, my, 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 my times of trial when I trusted him and he carried me through the moments of joy and blessing and good times, I have no regrets because I trusted my God and acted decisively in favor of him early in my life. You'll be that, you'll be that one who awakens from a night of fitful broken sleep and you swing your leaden arthritic legs over the side of your bed and with a trembling hand you reach for your Coke bottle thick glasses and you strain to pull the walker next to your bed and with monumental effort you rise to your feet and you shuffle at an interminably slow pace taking great care not to trip over that upturned corner of the rug. It's dangerous. And you make your way to the bathroom where you eventually locate through your, po- your Coke bottle glasses, you locate the, the glass where your dentures are in. And you find your battery-powered ears and you put both of those things in with a shaky hand. And you take a comb and you, you run it through your, your almond blossoms. <laughs> and then you look up and you take a long look in the mirror at the one who's staring back at you. And if you have remembered the Lord from the time you were young, you will smile in your old age. And with a voice that cracks and breaks and comes out mostly as a whisper, you will say out loud, Therefore, I do not lose heart. Though outwardly I am wasting away, yet inwardly I am being renewed day by day. No regrets, because I remembered my Creator, and more importantly, My creator remembers me. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, what a a sweet time, this journey. Through old age and the challenges that you're bringing to the young in our midst. Oh, may our young hear you today and take to heart your words. And may those of us who are on the other side... May we not lose this moment either, for there are truths here for us, whether we're young or whether whether we're old, to remember you as our creator. Oh, it's never too soon to do that and never too late. Thank you. Thank you for this reminder today. May we live for you, acting decisively in favor of you 
in every moment of our day, this coming week and beyond into, all, into old age. We'll ask it with gratitude in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen.